seeking collaborations with influential people. At GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to Get to Know You, a podcast for those who want to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, where conversations can become stronger when we explore our thinking and behavior. Every Tuesday, a new question will be asked to a guest speaker. Genuine people here to have insightful conversations. A big announcement, a new course has started called How to Get to Know You. We'll be giving away the first lesson for free on the website. The link is available in the show description. You can also grab your Provoke Introspection t-shirt available on Etsy. Now, my next guest speaker is from New Jersey. She is a brain coach who helps growing entrepreneurs rewire their brain to be more efficient and effective. She's been helping thousands improve their cognitive function with over 250,000 likes on her videos on TikTok and over 500,000 views on YouTube. She's solving core issues of the brain and mind instead of band-aid solutions. She's the creator of LifePix University. She is one of Get to Know You's familiar faces, revisiting with incredibly enriching conversations. Welcoming back, ST Rappaport to Get to Know You. Welcome, ST. Welcome back. Oh, thank you so much, Tiffany. I love having these conversations with you. And if I tell you, like, I'm actually excited and, like, looking forward to it, not just, like, another thing I have to check on my to-do list. It's really true. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. We love having you. And I've, I, you know what? I've listened to our conversations, like our podcasts that we've done together many times. I'm like, oh my God, they're so good. I'm like, I learned something every time I re-listen. I agree, to right? <laughs> yeah, well, I learn from you just as much. And I think that's like part of what's the beauty of your podcast that most people don't have usually just like an interview and you're like asking the expert the same thing that they spoke about 500 times and they just like repeat on robot and like you ask questions that actually make people have to think and like come up with new like or like deeper answers I don't know if new not especially as a new but they have to like articulate it in new ways and really get clear on what they're actually talking about so yeah. thank you so much thank you that really means a lot and that's the intention here you know we want to provoke introspection within the conversation make people think and it's not a rehearsed response that you've been repeating five million times so I'm glad that, that that's come across so you've had an incredible journey we've met two years ago um, now with your with your LifePix University and as a brain coach and you're helping so many people and like just tell us a bit about like you know how have you seen people in your in your community that you've created just grow and, and strengthen their cognitive function? Yeah, it's been two years. I feel like it's been more than that. I don't even know. It's been so long. Um, but I really work on helping people solve their core issue, as you mentioned in the intro, right? So I'm not giving anyone any specific skills, right? Like this is how you should do to make your copy better. Or these are the five things you need to do to build your business or anything like that. I'm going behind everything, behind all the courses you have taken, behind everything you've learned in school and really getting to understand how your brain thinks, how your brain functions and what are the skills that you need in order to do 
everything else that you've learned in order to do everything that you do in your life in the most most efficient and effective way. That's fantastic. So you're like getting to the root of the problem. Like what's exactly. going on? Like let's go down to the root, the cellular, like, you know, let's get down to the, you know, the 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 main issue, the main, the main issue that that where everything else stems from as to why maybe people aren't, you know, um benefiting from courses or or um or learning new things or absorbing information and so on. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like they call it like the center of the web, right? So coming out of the web are all the things that you learn and all the things that you do on your everyday, but at the center, that is what we're working on when we solve the core issue. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that. Now, listeners, our question that we're going to dive into from my, from my point and from SD's point is this question that we both just love. <laughs> now, the question is, how do we identify people with a higher self-awareness? Now, when I first came to you with this question, SD, what did you first think? So I right away thought of myself. I know this is very selfish of me to say, and maybe isn't the right thing to say when you're having such like a selfless com- um, question, but maybe it has to really do with the question of what you're saying about being that self-aware of who you are and what like triggers you and who you like really are as a person. Um, And it really got me thinking because I like to call myself like the self-awareness queen, just because I believe that every single thing in order to change, in order to make any sort of improvement, in order to do anything in your life, like that's not just a robot. You have to have that self-awareness without that. Nothing's going to change, right? Think of a habit. You don't change a habit without being aware that you need to change a habit. Anything, anything that you're going on throughout the day, you have to be aware of that. So I was like, that's a really interesting perspective. Not only do you want to be self-aware about yourself, but it's being self-aware about or recognizing the self-awareness in the other people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And a great point that you pointed out there, like, because you know, self-awareness isn't something that you're born with. It's something, a, a habits that you, you learn to cultivate. So you start off learning habits from your parents, the way they bring you up and, and habits that they instill in you. And then you have to carry on and do these things yourself. You can't just be like, okay, my parents brought me up to this thing. I don't need to learn or, or, or you know, some things that, you know, when you're bringing up a child, you need to bring up yourself. Like you're, that's what people forget. It's like you have to continue bringing up yourself through the rest of your life. Yeah. So I have a question for you, but before that, I, like there's two things that they say, like that makes you like so-called like grow up the fastest or like develop yourself the fastest. One is raising a kid, raising family. And two is business. Like same thing. You really have to work on yourself in order to go and grow any of those things. But you mentioned that um, self-awareness isn't something that you're born with, something that you develop. Do you mean that like, it's like not at all something, right? Like we learn how to walk. So even if we we're not walking when the minute that we're born, we like eventually it's something that's natural to humans to learn how to walk. Do you think self-awareness is like that also? Like some, like to that basic level, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Is it like something that like, if we aren't taught it or if we aren't, I don't know anyone who teaches self-awareness, but if we aren't like super conscious to develop self-awareness, does it happen by itself? Because like, I'm just listening thinking of babies, like they get a certain point, like 18 months, 24 months where they start like 
yes, identifying who they are as a person, like this is me in the mirror, right? And this is like what I like, and this is the food that I like. So that's a very basic level of self-awareness. But is that talk? Like my opinion of like how I look at all this and just looking at myself and the people that I that I um, look up to who are quite highly self aware, I think you know, you know maybe we're aware of like our surroundings and that's what it starts with. So it needs to be you know your eyes seeing, um, you know awareness. A lot of awareness is is through your eyes. Um, obviously, and how you feel as well, but a lot of it's through your eyes because observing others. Like it's not a matter of just being aware of, wait, what am I feeling towards this? But what am I observing? Is someone, you know, reacting, getting angry and getting that, you know, am I able to observe someone's, you know, blood boiling? Am I able to, before they start screaming and yelling, can I see that someone's getting wound up? You know, like, are you able to observe that to be able to like not push their buttons anymore? Like, are you, you know, like certain things. So you're taking in the information through your eyes, but you're translating it in your brain, right? Because two people could be like seeing a person about to get angry, but they're each going to react different, even though they're seeing the same exact thing. Exactly. So someone might just be like, not, I don't know if it's not care or not notice or be like, I can't do anything. I'm just going to keep behaving how I'm behaving, even though I'm seeing the person in front of me get angry or the other person who I think is more self-awareness will, you know, almost try and shift the emotion or, you know, bring it back down or maybe they're using a tone or using a word that's they noticing someone getting angry so don't keep repeating that word or just be, hey, notice it, say, hey, look, you know, I don't mean to like uh, push your buttons here or, or, you know, you make a statement of, of tell the other person I'm noticing that what I'm saying is affecting your view and it's making you angry. Like, and you make a comment about it. See, many people don't even do that. Like they're not, they're not. Yeah. So that's what's like, I was thinking as you're talking, right? So let's say two people are watching a person get angry and let's say the other one person notices and is like going to do something about it. The second person notices, but isn't sure what to do. Does that mean they're not self-aware in taking action? They're not like, where does like we define the self-aware awareness part like where they know what's happening like what would you what do you think i think you know like know what's happening you know even if you you don't know what to do i think just trying to you know as long as you're you're noticing it but taking action as well like take action as in like maybe go hey i think we should take a step back from this conversation right now i don't want to it's getting a bit heated we need it i need to take a step back or we both need to should take a step back like you need to take a step as well you can't it's not a matter of i think just noticing things it's you know noticing things and your behavior being in control of your own emotion as well like that person getting angry or whatever they're saying is that you know are you or they might throw a comment do you have control of your emotions and your reactions like, can you control if someone's this person now gets that angry that they they become becomes personal and they throw out like a rude comment or say something horrible? Are you able to like contain yourself and like manage your own emotions and reactions? So the self awareness part, I'm just like clarifying. Yeah, the self awareness part is in fact that you noticed a person being getting angry. It's your being aware of yourself, of knowing what to do in that situation. Yes. Yeah. So then then let's say bringing it to just yourself, not being self-aware of other people, being aware of yourself. You're like, okay, I had this habit or I like 
get triggered every time I see this thing. So being aware when that happens, but I'll tell you why I don't love that. Like I, like I'm, I'm getting it. I understand. I'm just like thinking of some examples, right? So let's say someone is becoming more self-aware and they notice that they have certain triggers. Okay. Let's say they notice that they eat every time they're like stressed or whatever. Right. So there's one level of identifying of knowing that you eat when you're stressed. It's another level of identifying like, hey, I'm stressed and I noticed I'm eating a cupcake. It's another level to say, hey, I'm stressed. I noticed I'm about to grab a cupcake, but I'm forcing myself not to do it. So at what point does it be, is it considered self-aware? Well, there's a few things I've read, a few things of that are considered that they talk about. So there's some, um, a psychologist wrote about five different traits where people are considered self-aware. And there's also another study that I read. Firstly, I'll mention this study. This study I read by Tanya Urich, she met, she, they, they did a test. They had a, like a criteria, um, probably not these five things. I'm going to guess probably 20, 30 different questions, scenarios, and so on to put people in. Now, the study was done on 5,000 people. 5,000 people all said, yes, I am, I'm self-aware. I have self-awareness. Now, only 10% of those people were actually self-aware based on the criteria. So it's a small amount of people. It's not, you know, it's. I'm like, oh, my gosh, does that mean I'm not really self-aware? <laughs> well, I know. Like, now okay, I want to so be tested. What's the criteria? <laughs> yeah, what's the criteria? Exactly. Like, oh, you know, are we, me and you having this conversation, are we both self-aware? Like, you know, I'd love to, like, see this criteria. I'd love someone to test me and find out. Oh, you, there doesn't say in the in the study. No, no, they haven't said they haven't said exactly what the criteria is, which I'd love to love to know. And the other thing too is, you know, people think self-awareness is just like reflecting. And what was great in this study that they also pointed out is people are reflecting or introspective the wrong way. They're actually not introspective in the correct way. So people are reflective and they, you know, like, you know, people spiral or they focus on the negative thing. Like, why, why, why did I do that? Or why didn't I do that? Or why, why isn't this not happening for me? Or why, why, why? And then they just get into this negative loop and they just keep getting spiraling downwards. Now, what was said in this, this psychologist mentioned is that we should be asking what questions, which may empowered us more, made us stronger, um, helped us find solutions for whatever it is that we were like, you know, reflecting on. And that was more of a true introspection. But most people are, do, are introspective incorrectly, which was, you know, that to me, you know, alone is just, uh, I, I don't know. I just didn't think, it's, I thought, it, 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 you know, it's like a process. It's like we're walking. We're all walking. You know, like I didn't think, it, it, I don't know, in my head it wasn't like you could something you could do incorrectly. But. It uh, has been identified as a thing that met most people incorrectly intros- are introspective. Because, like, personally, I'm not, like, a psychologist or a doctor of any sort of this field to be able to say that. But, like, personally, I would think that people that, like, just go into why this happening and why whatever, they're more, like, either complaining or just, like, overthinking versus introspecting and really trying to understand what's going on here. How do I deal with it? How do I move forward, et cetera? Exactly. And that makes me think the criteria that were, where they were asked, like, oh, you're introspective, what the definition of it was or what they think it is, is not actually what they're doing. So exactly what I, what you just said, I think it's overthinking and complaining and they're thinking I'm being reflective. Oh, right, I'm reflecting right. on my date. No, you're not. <laughs> you're just uh, wallowing. Um, and the other thing too, so some, so there was a conversation with Tim Ferriss and Brené Brown. And they both made this statement that they said, the, the, um, they claimed that most of the hate and unhappiness in the world is because of a lack of self-awareness. 
Now, it's a very strong statement to make. I agree with them. I'm not going to say that I don't because I think a lot of it stems from a lot of the, you know, a lot of it stems from that. Um, and then the psychologist went on to these five different th- habits and practices that highly self-aware people have. I'll tell you what they are. So the first that one they is, did give us. <laughs> yes, this is what they did give us in this one, this study. So the five habits of highly self-aware people were the first one is they listen more than they talk. Okay, not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. You know, like active listening. And like we've we've spoken about this before. Like, yeah. you know, how many people like I think listening is getting worse and worse and worse. People are not listening to each other. Even like, you know, you know, even if you just I don't know, notice new people or, or old friends or whatever, you sit with someone and you say something to them, and then they say something like back to you about what they're hearing, and you're like, Whoa, you're really not even with me right now. It's so far away that they're not even they're not even hearing you, but they yeah. think they are. Yeah, because they feel this is my assumption is people like feel that you're they're in your presence, so officially they're listening to you. Exactly, but the words aren't entering their brain. The words aren't entering the brain. They're listening to to not not to listen, just to say something. They maybe heard one word or hear two words, but they're not actually listening. You know what was really interesting? You know Simon Sinek. Yep. Okay. Yes. Okay, so you follow him. Yeah. Yeah, so he was in an interview recently and he's been claimed as a really good listener, okay? Really, really good. He's like scores very high on listening tests. Like he's a high-end listener, okay? Now, his ex-partner was telling him, you're, you're, not, you're not a good listener. And he went and saw a therapist and they, they um, you know, and they found that even with his family and so on and close friends, he actually wasn't a good listener with the people that he was closest to. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It was actually very interesting, like, that you're bringing this up now because just last week, I think it was, I was with my friend in England and spent three days with her. And, like, and then it was, like, the last night we're, like, laying in bed and we're, like, talking. And she's, like, no, backtrack. Before we were laying in bed and talking, we're having this conversation. We're sitting in a bar. And all of a sudden, she's in the middle of telling me the story. And I interrupted her, okay? And then she's she interrupted me. She's, like, you're a rubbish listener. Now, for Americans, that means you're like a really bad listener. <laughs> and I just laughed. I was like, yeah, whatever. So then when we were lying in bed, then she was telling me, she was like, you know what? Most people will be insulted when I tell them that they're a rubbish listener. And I was like, maybe I would be insulted. But the part of me that was in that conversation, first of all, doesn't get insulted. Second of all, really is a rubbish listener. So I know that the part that I showed up in that conversation right there at that bar came up in a really bad way. Usually when we like go out to eat or talk on the phone or going for a walk, I have a different part of me, more a friend part of me that's a much better listener. So you're used to me talking to you in that way. For some reason in that conversation, because of the events that were happening at that time, a different part of me came out more like argumentative and things and someone like stubborn. Um, And I think that going back to Simon, it's the same type of thing. We have different parts to us, not like that we're like split personality, but rather different parts of us show up in different times. and. Even skills that we have, like listening or being self-aware, 
are better or worse with different parts of us. Absolutely. Like I, I totally like, you know, um, I like that point that you're pointing out there. Um, even with with me, like, well, you know, I listen a lot. I would say I'm a good listener. I, I you know, and friends have told me and yeah, <laughs> I would say I'm a good listener. But there are moments I think like sometimes I'm, I think if when I'm always listening or listening a lot to people, I will have a little burst, I think, where I just need to talk. Like, I want to talk. with, And it might come with the person who wants to talk at that moment. But because I've been doing a lot of listening, I, I haven't really had that moment where I, I can talk, talk, talk. You know? So, it, 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 like, I do notice, like, when it comes out. Um, but it's rare. It's I, Like I said, because I do a lot of listening, um, the person who receives the Tiffany that wants to talk, it's not, like so common all the time. Yeah, but I think that's going back to self-aware. That's part of being self-aware is knowing to have a conversation that even if you're saying a story and even if you're telling about your day and things that are happening, to give those pauses so that way in case the person does want to talk, they have. Absolutely. Like opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. But when that doesn't happen or, you know, when you're not with yeah. people who are <laughs> self-aware, you don't get an opportunity to talk. <laughs> that's right. You know, and you know, I think that there are times that, like there it's right to interrupt okay like just rambling on forever like even in a podcast if like one person is just rambling on forever it gets boring so right boring. so <laughs> absolutely totally agree the next point so it was five so, so the point number two was they're curious about their own minds now we both do that one of course yeah <laughs> obviously with our podcast super curious about our minds um but a lot of people aren't a lot of people aren't curious about you know why do I have this you know, why do I always have this train of thought? Or why do I always have this pattern that I always do? Or why, when I'm in this situation, I react this way? Like we're always questioning, trying to better ourselves. But a lot of people aren't questioning to better themselves. They're more into like self-sabotage. Yeah, personally, I think this is like my theory, um, that if you watch young kids, they're always really curious. They're always trying new things and they're always learning new things. Now they get in a lot of trouble because of that. And many times it squashes their creativity and more importantly, their curiosity Mm -hmm. very, very, very quickly. So all of a sudden they're not allowed to ask questions. They're not allowed to touch anything. Everything is a no. They're not interested. So from a very young age, they learn not to ask questions and not to do. And then later on, if they don't develop it themselves again, like consciously, it's it's just going to stay like that forever. That's a great point that you pointed out there. Yeah, kids are super like, uh, you know, kids are super curious. They just don't stop asking questions. But I did notice I was actually walking down the street the other day. I was um, I was on, uh, what day was it? It was on Saturday. And this kid was next to me. So I'm in, I'm in Madrid, Spain, but there's kids that were speaking English. They were from in- England somewhere. And this kid was like, Dad, but what about this? Like, why did this happen? Why did you throw this away? It was some, like, he, his father threw away this toy. He's like, it melted. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, but couldn't we repair it? It's like, oh, you know, that's just how it was. And he kept on asking questions because he wanted to understand why, or like, what's this thing happening? Or like, he wanted to know more. And the father didn't have an answer, which is fair enough. He doesn't know. Like, he doesn't know. But he, he was quick to shut him down. It's like, no, no, just stop asking questions. Like, and, and like, move to something else instead of letting his brain go and like, you know, maybe questioning it together or something like that. And I think a lot of parents do that. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm like, like you said, like it, it just happens so much. And to be like 
totally honest, it could get very draining, especially like little kids, like everything's a question and then they have another question and their curiosity never settled. Um, so I don't think that like you always, always, always 24 seven have to be on, but it could be like more like maybe we'll figure it out together. Or what do you think? Or like you said, like questioning it together in a way is like less draining like that. And just maybe them having like giving, teaching them the skills to help them find out the answers by themselves. So they don't always come to you, although they should still come to you. Like, I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but I understand why parents do that, but I still don't agree with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like people don't, people aren't like, you know, I think people like the, you know, there's a lot, not just about listening, but they don't like being still with themselves. They don't even want to think about why they're doing things like that. People would rather, you know, a, a lot of people I think are on the like self-medicating kind of path. Like people drink a lot to just forget about things instead of questioning things people take drugs people do a lot of stuff like that like you know they're in like this destructive phase where where they think if I just block it out or whatever I don't need to focus on it I don't need to grow I don't need to better myself yeah yeah totally because it's easier way out easier way exactly exactly it's easier (laughs) way out um the third point that was mentioned was they they look for emotional blind spots that is interesting. And I'm curious how they defined it in the article. How, like, as an what, what is an emotional like, blind how, spot? No, I know what emotional blind spots are, but like, I'm curious what their specific definition of it was. So they're saying that like emotional blind spots are like parts of our emotional lives that because they're especially painful, we tend to ignore. So, you know, how I was having this conversation, um, with some a few people and it you know some people tend to um if they had a painful experience when they were children their memory it's like they 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 lost their memory is gone they don't remember a lot of things They're like i don't know i don't have any memory of it now i think you know the brain does it to protect itself like the brain right. either but it goes in two ways like i can remember really painful things so and they usually say if something has attached a, a lot of pain to it usually you have a stronger memory of it as well so you go either go one extreme end or you go to the other extreme end where you remember it so vividly yeah 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 it and it will depends first of all on your brain's general coping mechanism and on that specific situation what your brain thinks is best right like the brain by the end of the day is hard hardwired for survival so that's it's just going to block out um but we're saying that they they are in what was the third one they're in two to their emotional blockages they they look they look for emotional blind spots yeah Yeah. emotional blind spots yeah 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 Yeah, and it's i think that specific action takes a lot of like vulnerability and willing to be able to like do hard work because very nice you know about this blind spot but like now what right like i remember like I still do actually, I get a lot of, um, like a lot of hate actually in social media for the fact that like, I tell people about the concept that they have weak cognitive functions. And I'm like, dude, you have weak cognitive functions, whether I tell you or not. But if I tell you, then you can go and do something about it. And I'm not telling you to tell you that you're a bad person. We all have weak cognitive functions, but we all can improve them. Right. So people, it's like so much easier to just be naive, pretend we don't know, not look for our things. But then once we do know them, we now actually have to do the hard work to go and improve them. 
And that's a that's a great point that you just pointed out there. People are yeah getting insulted about it, and the, this is the truth of it, of it all. Is I just saw another video uh, recently actually of uh, Jay Shetty was talking about how true change, like he said, it was like he was saying that change is like a, has a high possibility, like a high uh, that you can change, but the probability of it is low. For true change to occur, like people to make these really big changes in their patterns and their behaviors and things, they actually usually have to go through a lot of turmoil and stress and a painful, really horrible experience, a really painful one for them to actually make a change of their patterns and their behaviors and their ways of thinking and their reaction in their lives. Yeah, 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 it's true. Um, becoming a better person isn't especially an easy process. But it's it's so much more worth it. And being aware of these emotional blind spots take a lot of courage and strength. And it's just, but it's much more worth it afterwards. Absolutely, totally, it's way more worth it. But you know, it's really saddening that people, you know, for people to make significant real changes in these things where they may be hurting people and doing things and things like that, and they have these really horrible patterns, like that, it's something that you know they have to go through despair and suffering for them to actually make a change in themselves and the thing too that he pointed out is that they don't actually make a change for people they're not trying to change for someone a partner uh family or whatever they 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 make a change it it happens because they're like shit i need to be better yeah yeah because because of the amount of work that it takes and the amount of pain that a person has to go through to make a real change i can't think of like someone enough to, for it to be able to like someone that you care about enough that you're actually gonna do it like even if it's your spouse and you absolutely love them and like crazy over them by the end of the day you're not so much caring about them you're caring about the fact how you affect the relationship with them it's like this the you of it in them right um so yeah it has to it has like you have to see the benefit and the worth of it and it's actually an interesting like thing to think about about why we have to go through so much pain and so much work in order to have to have that change yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and that's a great thing yeah like like you just said but like people look at their contribution to a relationship they start realizing shit what do i offer do i offer just do i just bring these horrible patterns do i bring these horrible habits into the relationship you know is that my value in this relationship and they realize shit i don't want that value i don't want to you know i want to add something good which is good, yeah. which is good. I think it's a good slap in the face that they need, honestly. <laughs> a, good, a good wake up call. Self awareness. Yeah. Self awareness. <laughs> slap in the face. You need it. Absolutely. All right. And our fourth point is they ask for feedback and take it well. Mm, I know. It's like one thing, like saying, like, okay, I want feedback and how to do my job better. And then it's like, no, no, no. And you're getting like all defensive and like trying to prove and reason with every single like a piece of feedback that you get by. Yeah. I think I've been thinking about it recently, like why it's so hard for people to take feedback. Like I think it's more than like just an ego thing, but sometimes like you're really working so hard on something and like maybe you like put in tons of effort and then it's like, you could be doing it better. You know, like (laughs) it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Well, it is part like, I think a big thing is ego. I think ego, like, you know, why people do have, you know, bad patterns and horrible patterns and do horrible things or say horrible things and so on. Like, I think, you know what I don't like? I don't like when people blame it on mental health. We're like, oh, depression, anxiety, whatever mental health issue that they have, and they use that as that's why I'm horrible. No, 
No, any psychologist, doctors, the medical people will not tell you that your mental health issues, you can't um, you can't blame your mental health issues on to why you said or did that horrible thing. Your horrible things and behaviors and things that you do and say is all your ego. It's a very, like, a very strong statement to make. I don't know if it's all ego. Personally, someone who works... Um, with cognitive functions and brains. Um, I think sometimes it's from that. A lot of times it's from that personally. Like um, a lot of times like people do things without even realizing simply because of a cognitive function. I'll give you an example. Um, Where I used to live, there was like a lot of times like problems with parking and people would like literally just block cars with their parking. Now it's not because they're bad, but simply because they have a weak cognitive function, actually of orientation and space of understanding space around them, but not so much about like, recognizing that they're blocking someone else but understanding the space in relation of what they're doing to someone else um and that cognitive function just weaken them so a big part of it is ego but i think that there's other parts to it also also although like i'm the last person to go and tell you that everything is because of like mental health depression whatever I like to look at it not so much of like, okay, it's the depression that's making you act this way, but there's a reason why you're depressed. Depressed, you're not born depressed, right? There's like something that's coming that happened, events, multiple of events, things that created you to be depressed. So depression is not what made you act that way, but there was maybe something else that caused something else to make you behave the way you did. Again, it's not an excuse, but rather understanding why you did it. Someone who wants to be self-aware and wants to improve can go back to trace it. So they wait, that way they know what to fix. Sure. So I think, you know, like I agree with that, but like I think, you know, what you're talking about is more like self-awareness, like your orientation. These are like small things, but I'm talking about a blatant, like horrible thing. Like someone walks up to you and slaps you in the face. So That's not the same as like, as in no, like, what, like, I'm confused now. Like, what does it have to, like, just, I'm challenging you. <laughs> I know. Like, I like <laughs> what it. does it have common. to do come with on, ego? Come on. No. Um, well, like, I don't know. Maybe they're like, ah, uh, you, you know, like some people like they're, they, you know, like uh, road rage, you know, people get out in the car and they want to get out and like fight and like they want to, because he blocked him on he walked off. That's, isn't, isn't that ego? Instead of like, I don't know, maybe, like. In a way, maybe it's like culture. Like I remember once I was in Israel. Yeah. I was on a bus, public buses there. And like they were like coming in and basically it was like a big fight. The, t- the t- bus driver got off and he got into like a massive fight with a guy in front of him. And it was like, we were just sitting there. I was like, I just want to go. And he's just getting into fight with him. And and then they just like hugged and they got went on their buses and they went back to each other. And like, that was the end. So was it? Was the fight an ego part of, like, he is upset that he did this stupid thing to him? Maybe. But, like, in a way, maybe I felt like it was, like, automatic response. Like, he's used to this. He saw this thing his whole life. They're just used to it. So he just has to act that way because he saw that his whole life? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. For sure, ego is part of it. I don't know if ego is all of it. But, like, ego, like, it's, like, ego allows it to keep going. So it's obviously a habit that first happens. Right. So it's initial reaction. Maybe it happened. Like, for example, the first time anything happens, I don't think I'm going to, I'm like, you know, I won't say your ego thing, but your illegal ego, like the way I'm defining it is like when you allow something, you, you're letting it keep happening. Like you're letting, you're letting yourself, you know, like, for example, 
you've been through horrible things. I've been through horrible things. I've done like, you know, like I've experienced a lot. Why do some people who experience a lot of horrible things, things, bad things that happen to them, but yet they don't treat people badly? They're not like, they're not letting that where they, do you understand what I mean? Where other people oh, I yeah, had a bad yeah, background, yeah. I had shit. So that's why I treat people badly. And it's where, do, do you get what I'm trying to say? I get what, what you're saying. And I, and then, and that like, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I get it. Like, not everyone who like has bad things happen to them, like specifically do bad things. Thank goodness, because they're else what this world will look like. Yeah, the world but- will look horrible. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other side, I don't think that everyone who does bad things is be- it's all like it's all because they had everyone do bad things to them, right? Like, there's always a reason for everything, and part of it is ego. But like, I like to say, like, I'll give you another example. Yeah. Um. Uh, when just now when I was in Ethiopia, then there was like there with the orphanage I was in, they had like two buildings. And there's one building where they're like much younger kids. And there's a seven-year-old who was like one of the oldest people there in that group. She would hide behind corners and then stick out her foot. And then when someone comes, they would trip, like to oh. trip them over. Yeah. And some people like it happened, like there was like really bad things. Like uh, one of the kids, like he landed up in the hospital, like and oh, he shit. like he couldn't walk for quite a good few weeks. It was really like it wasn't like a nice situation. Now they were trying to discuss, like we were discussing like what we could do to help her. And they were like saying the different punishments they could give her, maybe give her a timeout, maybe like thing. And I'm like, hold on a second. Before you give her any punishments, you have to understand why she's doing it. Maybe she has ego in it. It's true. And she's just seven years old. So it's easier to like understand it. But there's a reason why she's behaving that way. She's obviously in some sort of pain. Some sort of something is happening to her that is causing it. Now, it could be something as simple as needing needing recognition. Needing or attention. feeling understimulated or needing attention, right? Or yeah. any of that. But I don't think that that means that it's not just ego. There's another reason why, right? So if a random person comes up to you and just slaps you in the face, part of it could be ego, but it can't be just ego. I don't know. That's what I believe. doesn't mean that I'm right, but like my belief is that usually there's like a reason why behind things. Sure. <laughs> of course, there's a reason why like people get triggered, the anxiety's coming up, uh, they don't know how to react otherwise. It's like, you know, like um, you're confronting someone and you confront someone with your belief. You confront someone or something they did to you. You confront someone with whatever. Uh, most people are going to get defensive, start screaming, like going off at you instead of um, maybe, you know, if it's something that they did, they're not going to take responsibility and be like, hey, look, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, look, you know, my behavior, I did this because of this. I did this because I was going through this. A lot of people are going to be defensive and throw some, throw back throw it back at you or they're gonna like manipulate the situation or gaslight you or whatever that may be yeah yeah it's true because it stems from something that stems from right you know whatever pain that they're going through but you know you know they got they're going through they've experienced pain they've experienced suffering or whatever whatever it is that they're going through but i don't think um you know whatever that they've been through like it's not a green not an light. Excuse. Not an I excuse. Agree. It's not an excuse. It's not an it's excuse. Like, hey, I agree. Get remove your ego and go do something about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So so I like to say whenever like we talk about these things, I like to say it's not about using for yourself. It's about for understanding other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Hundred percent. You can't just go and say like, oh, this happened to me. And then like, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, so th- like that's where I'm coming from. Like I, I not okay. like I agree with you in saying that like you know it's not all just ego. I know, <laughs> yeah, we're saying the same things. Like I know people, everyone experiences things, and that's you know it stems from something else. Like it stems, uh, you know, people behave certain ways because of something that happened in their childhood. 
you don't know what it is, but they like it, it triggered something. That's what right. a trigger is. It triggered something. But I think like, you know, not doing the work to change this, you know, response or reaction or, or you know, doing something horrible, saying something horrible, like, that, you know, that's your ego getting in the way of you doing the work to try and, you know, better yourself as a person. That's a good way to put it. I like it. Okay. So like you have something that happened to you, but by putting the, like the blame on that thing that happening is the ego. Exactly. It's yeah. like letting it's like, yeah, well, this shit happened to me. So that's why I'm like this. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, go do something about it. Go do something about it. No, it's gonna be painful, but go and do something about it. (laughs) Exactly, it will be painful, but no. Well, the the only thing with that is these people will never—they won't be surrounded with people that will be good for them. They won't have better relationships. They won't have strong relationships. They won't be around people with higher self-awareness because people with a higher self-awareness won't want to be around that. That's true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. And the last point on uh, people with a higher self-awareness is they reflect on their values. So they listen to perspective when someone's talking about their beliefs and their values and so on, and they can hear someone else, they reflect on it, and they're not getting defensive when someone's trying to challenge them. Yeah. It's it's also, I think it combines like a few of the things that we spoke about before, Um, but it's a challenge because if you value something, then like you value something is your own opinion about it, right? There's no like one value is the best value that every single person in the world should go and follow it. However, if you have a value that you think is so important, you think everyone else should go and value that thing just as much as you, right? Yeah. So it it gets challenging because you have to be able to so-called defend yourself or explain yourself of why you value that thing, but at the same time be open to hearing other people's perspectives and their values. Yeah. So like, well, the way it was described here in this, in this, in this paper was saying that like, um, you know, clarify what, what you're actually like chasing in life. Like, you know, what is important to you? What is the core things that are important to you? And, and, um, you know, reflecting on that as you're growing, you know, each year you look at, you know, what truly is important to me here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, sense. what's his name? Hermosi? What's his first name? You know? Alex Hermosi. Yeah. Alex Hermosi. He said he was in it. Someone asked him, you know, he's in an interview and, um, you know, they're like, oh, you've got all these millions of dollars now. You guys do all these things. He's like, yeah, we tried to. Like, He's like, yeah, we, we bought all these houses and we realized that's not what we wanted. You know, he's like, I wanted opportunity. He's like, I don't like having, you know, all these cars or like buying all these things. That's not me. I don't care about the latest this and that. He's like, I like to go and have dinner with my wife and have a nice dinner and eat good food. Like, it's like, it's it's just for him, he was like, our values or whatever that they were like wanting or or what they strive for in growing their success is opportunity. They wanted, they wanted the option, not a matter of having things. It's just the option is what, what was important. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he happens to be quite, I think, a self-aware guy. I don't know if he always was, but at least at this point of his life, he is. Um, and yeah, and I think that's very true. Like whatever whatever we're still chasing or trying to create our life around um, is going to be different for different people. And you want to make sure that you're not chasing someone else's dream, but your own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so yeah, so these were the five habits and I don't know, I don't think they're super hard. Like we'll just go through them again for the listeners. So so the good habits to to cultivate a higher self-awareness is listen more than you talk, be curious about your mind, look for your emotional blind spots, ask for feedback frequently and take it well and take time to reflect on your values. Yeah. I think just one thing, like, as you were saying, ask back for ask for feedback frequently just reminded me of something um my mom is trained by a trainer by is a trained trainer by jack canfield like she took all her things and she's like certified by him and one of the things that he shares a lot that i really like is in relationships that you really care about like he's specifically talking about marriage but or business ones or things that you want every week you set a time where you ask the other person on a scale from one to ten how did i do this week And then what can I do to make it a 10? So you're being super conscious about it every single week. You're getting feedback. You are understanding what you did right, what you did wrong. And it goes both ways, right? And that way things don't build up and you could actually like improve your relationship every single week and like consciously work on it to make it better. I love that. I absolutely totally agree with it. Every week you should be checking with your partner. Like, what did you like? You know, like, you know, how can we make this relationship better? You know, or, or, you know, where are we lacking or what do you need more of? Like, these are important things and it's like, it needs to be happening weekly. I don't, I don't think most people don't do that. No, no. (laughs) They don't do that. And the other thing about that point as well, about, you know, taking feedback and, and, and taking it well is really important. Like I did my first, my second ever podcast with my friend where we, where we, there was a research study that showed like sometimes your people that are closest to you and people that you trust and you're around or uh, a lot, they know your external behaviors better than you do. And so we pointed one out on each other live. It was done then and there. And she yeah, I remember. I think it's my favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I pointed out something to her. And yeah, the behavior was like for me. It was Tiff. You say that you're direct, but you're not. And you know what? I had this conversation with her. I'm like, you know what? I wasn't direct enough. And now I am way more direct than I've ever been before. Which and I'm like, I always want to be. And I feel like that makes me feel more true to myself. So yeah, it's definitely beneficial. Sometimes it takes you like you know. This was my second podcast. So this was like you know back in in uh, before i released it so back in february 2020 and you know we're almost like almost three years ago until now is when i've realized it now i was like i was like yeah i'm direct yeah i'm always direct no i wasn't i wasn't and and now i'm like it's something that i'm way more aware of now and and i've been implementing it a lot more in all my relationships and it makes me feel um you know much more true to myself and i you know everyone you know it helps you just be better as a person and not, you know, um, uh, dismiss yourself or, or let, let, let things, you know, uh, let things slide that you just, you shouldn't, don't let things build up, you know? Yeah. I love that so much that like how much like the consciousness of you working on yourself and then like time for another conversation, like what else, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, ST. Love this conversation. As always, we just like, I just love it. I just love, like with you, we just go so many places. We like a lot of great, beautiful, like points that we made here for the listeners. And yeah, no, I, I can't wait for the listeners to hear the episode. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. This was so much fun. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah. And everyone, like you could go check out uh life picks university tiktok it's amazing great stuff there we love it it's at life don't get offended when i tell you i've been cognitive function (laughs) (laughs) yeah listen to it don't get offended just take it on the chin 
Thank you for listening to Get to Know You. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You podcast in my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue i want to hear from you listeners the question again how do we identify people with a higher self-awareness leave an audio video or a message on the facebook or instagram page of your response to today's question including your name and where you are from we will include some different responses in next week's get to know you cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic if you have any topics you would like us to discuss be sure to tag me to post with your question join us every tuesday on get to know you